Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Hey, Jeff, here we are today, and I'm sure we're going to have quite an interesting day um, because you tried to make me laugh when we came on, just like you always do. And it worked today. Yes, it did. (laughs) I think it's because the countdown went a lot quicker before we went live. Usually we wait, we wait, and then it's three, two, one, and we're live. And today, like, I went to make you laugh, and it immediately started the countdown. (laughs) Here we are. Hey, and I'll take that. That that quick countdown was um it was awesome. So today there's nothing like trying to give your partner that likes to plan a little bit of a heart attack as she says, let's go live. And I jokingly said, What's the topic we're talking about today? <laughs> I was like, I'm joking, because I saw the the sure like panic, like, oh my gosh, we're getting ready to go live, and he doesn't even know what we're talking about. I do. I knew you did. You just wanted to see what kind of rise you could get out of me. Yes. Next time you do that, I'm going to call you David Peterson and we're going to move on from there. Who is my son, just for the record. And, you know, he does like to do that to me. What can we say? So, Jeff, oh, planning guru that you are. <clears throat> we are in the last segment of planning for 2023. We are. And... So it's time to talk about, now that we've developed a plan, how are we going to work the plan? Yeah, it, it is that time. So all the last, what, four, five weeks, plus the one I was on vacation. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the fifth week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a great, great discussion on just how do you chunk this out into small bite-sized pieces? So come, here it is, you know, mid well, I'll call it mid-November, not quite, but pretty much mid-November. Um, and you should have, if you followed along with us the last five weeks and kind of walk through the things that we've talked about and, you know, how to go about doing this and breaking this into small bite-sized pieces. So it's not this big, scary thing that you've got to do. Um, deal. Mm-hmm. We've already looked at you know, assessing what worked well, what didn't work well. Um, So far this year, where do you need to double down? Had a great uh, session about, you know, just setting targets and figuring out what what direction is north that you want to go next year in the business. And now is where, when they say the, where the rubber meets the road. So what do you do? You've, you've done all this introspection, you've looked at numbers, benefits, you know, what worked well, what didn't work well throughout the year. You've got an idea of what you want to measure because what gets measured gets done. So you have an idea on what you're going to do going into next year. And now it's really the plans develop and now it's time to work the plan. Um, You know, one of the things with that, I think that oftentimes is really important to to talk about is potentially the creation of new habits. And what does that mean? You know, because I've read things like a new habit takes 21 days for it to become a habit and not just, Mm -hmm. you know, something because we we tend to operate on autopilot a lot, just in general. 
Um, That's so true. I really, we don't believe that, but it's very true. Oh, mm. yeah. You know, so what I thought we could do is maybe spend a little bit of time talking about this habit creation and kind of talking okay. about this for a little bit, because I think this is really important. It's easy. Well, I shouldn't say easy. You put the work in to create a plan. And now the difficult part is how do you execute against it and know whether the your execution of the plan is working or not working or you need to tweak. And sometimes that means you've got new habits of things that you need to do to get kind of into your new, call it your new routine, using air quotes for anyone that's listening to us on, on the podcast. You know, and that's really how do you start to build some of those things so that they become natural and you know where you're at in those habits, knowing that they might need to change or modify because maybe the things you thought you needed to do at the end of the month in January or the end of first quarter, maybe they're not giving you exactly what you need and you need to tweak the habit. So <clears throat> I thought we'd talk a little bit about just habit creation and, you know, have you had any habits, Rhonda, that you have had to start in the past for your business and, and what were some of your tricks or tips? And then I'll share uh, a couple things that I've done in the past. Um, Jeff, that is such an important question. And one thing, and, and I love the fact that you asked me about what are habits that I've had to create and then you're going to share how you created habits because we all need to create habits in different ways. So if I have somebody like a Michael Hyatt, who's he's a, he's a big guru in the, I mean, like really good, a lot of wisdom. And I love a lot of the stuff he does, but he's much more of a processes and systems person than I am. So I have to pick and choose among the things that I listen to from Michael Hyatt because I can't implement them necessarily exactly like Michael Hyatt does it because that's just not how I'm wired. And speaking of habits, if you try to create a habit that goes against how you're wired, it's pushing a rope uphill. And in case you've never tried to push a rope uphill, it's impossible. You cannot push a rope uphill. You can push a wheelbarrow uphill. You can push a lot of things uphill. You cannot push a rope uphill. So don't try. What if to you put the rope in a wheelbarrow? <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> I am in rare form today, Rhonda. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> but that actually, as much as I hate to build on what you just said, mm -hmm. that's the trick. Figure out the way that you <laughs> figure out the way to accomplish and get to the goal, the metric that you're looking for in a way that works for you. So if you need to get a rope to the top of the hill, use your wheelbarrow if wheelbarrowing is what works for you. So let's give an example of that. <clears throat> I don't set goals. I define projects that I want to complete. And it within those projects are metrics, are things I need to do to complete the project. And I have yearly aspirations as opposed to goals. Now, 
it could be argued that having aspirations sounds really squishy and, you know, like I might get it done and I might not. Well, I'm going to tell you that the list of aspirations that I had, I'm, I'm looking over here because it was on my door until I had a big party and then I had to take it off because, you know, like that would look bad on <laughs> on my beautiful frosted glass door. Glass doors uh, that you could play on. Yeah, exactly. Which are really awesome. But that's a whole nother conversation. But my aspirations, when I have that list there, it doesn't mean that it's really squishy and I don't want to get there. It means those are the things I want to accomplish this year. <clears throat> There's a guy named Bob Beal who wrote a book about the fact that some people like to accomplish goals and others like to problem solve. And there are other people who are opportunity focused. So when something comes into your purview and it's an opportunity that relates to your aspiration, you say, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to capitalize on that opportunity. I'm going to take that and run with it. So I'm not saying don't, don't create goals if that's something that works for you. I'm just saying that for some of us, if you tell us we have to write and live by smart goals, we are going to have such resistance against that, that we're not going to accomplish what we need to get done. Know who you are and how you need to create habits that will help you accomplish what you want to get done for this year. I think that's well, well said. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I like to have a goal. Shocking. I know. I know. You know, that's why we work and, together so well. Yeah. And, you know, one of the goals, like, you know, just about any business, I would say any business, the goal of being in business is to make money, right? To pay bills and that yes. and take care of yourself and your family. And I tend to start with kind of just an overall revenue goal um, and then back into what actions or things do I need to be doing in mm -hmm. order to obtain you know, that annual goal broken down, like we talked last time, I don't go down to daily, I go down to about monthly is as mm -hmm. far as I'll go. And okay. then quarterly, and then annually, where if I'm doing the things that I believe I should be doing. Um, one of the things actually that I did uh, last year, two years ago, is I came up with these little half sheets of paper. And I kind of did some figuring out based on the goals that I had, you know, how many people did I need to talk to? What was the close ratio for business for my company? You know, how many people did I talk to? It was a, the whole sales funnel thing that we've talked about, right? Uh -huh. Like X number of people I'm talking to at the top of the funnel through discussions and that not everyone's going to, to choose to hire uh, my company for this work and that's okay. But here's kind of what I needed to do. And I actually filled that up um, overall, you know, this, this weekly sheet that I had kind of developed on, you know, where was I going in terms of, um, to meet people, what type of networking events, fundraising type thing, you know, that kind of stuff. And I had a, a goal of how many events I wanted to attend for the month, uh -huh. how many ones that I wanted to have, how many, uh, kind of prospects would come out of that. And then, you know, what my goal was to obtain customers. Um, and it was a new habit because I've never tracked things like that before. 
Um, I did it for about a year and then the pandemic hit and I kind of changed, you know, because we had to shift, right? That just exactly. wasn't, you pivoted. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the, the case for me uh, anymore. And I've made some adjustments, but, you know, for me, that was a habit of checking things off a list. Um, Rhonda seen, you know, I, I tend to have post-it notes and these, you know, sheets of paper like this that have lists on them, checklists on things to do for this week or for this month, or, you know, these additional things that I wanted to get done overall. And, um, you know, for me, that's, that's the, you know, the satisfaction of checking things off of a list that kind of drives, drives me and knowing that I got done. It doesn't, you know, the, the goal itself of revenue, while that's kind of the North Star, I also look at what are the activities that I'm doing that lead to that and lead to good things. And it doesn't mean that it's a one for one, just because you meet five people, you're going to meet your monthly revenue goal necessarily, yeah. you know, because in my business, you know, projects and, and fractional COO work come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. So it's hard to say, you know, it's not like, I'm selling spatulas and I know sell 500 spatulas a month is a really good month, right? It's just a different business model. And I think that's yeah. what's super important is, you know, developing those habits and things. I love what you said about things that work for you because my process, I would almost guarantee probably would not work as well for you as it does for me and vice versa. Right. And that's, that's, that's okay. Fine. Right. Because as you know, I like to draw a lovely mind map of a concept and say to my potential partner, hey, let's do this yeah. and like be all in. And the partner has to say, just a minute, let me do a pro forma and then be all in. And that's OK. So, yeah. hey, Jeff, I want to um, stop for a second because like we jumped in with both feet today. Yes, we did. <laughs> And we didn't invite people that are on the live stream with us to chime in and say, hey, you're here. Let us know that you're with us. If you have any questions, if you think that what we're saying is crazy and that would never work or, wow, that's a great idea. And I really would like to try that. Please let us know in the chat. We, we would love to hear from you. Um, last week, we had a really um, robust chat going on and it was really, really helpful to know where you wanted us to focus our time because um, Jeff and I can go down a road. And what's really important is that we're going down a road that we're meeting what you're wondering about. So please, if you're here with us, um, chime in. And if you're not here with us, but you're uh, watching later and you got a question, post it so that we can know about it and we'll respond to you because um, we can talk ever. <laughs> We can talk, you know, when, whenever people um, put something in there, just um, definitely include our name, you know, the at Jeff Hire Jones or at Rhonda Peterson so that we know and get the, the notice that somebody's um, chiming in. Yasmin's with us. She says she's just show, soaking in the information. Oh, we got that, Yasmin. So anyway. Thanks for joining us. Yes, Absolutely. No, I'm glad you did that because we did jump in and it's probably my fault for making you laugh right before we went on live and then telling you to put your rope in a wheelbarrow to push it up the hill since you can't push a rope 
up up a hill, according to Rhonda. Um, Have you tried that, Jeff? Yeah, and leave it to me to be the one that figures out a way that you could push that rope up up the hill. It is a beautiful thing to have somebody who can figure out how you push the rope up the hill. <laughs> Nonetheless. Okay, yeah. so back to the topic at hand, habits. And just for the record, we're going to talk about all different kinds of habits over the next four to six weeks. So stay tuned because we're going to talk about habits of all different kinds. Um, next week, we're going to talk about habits um thinking about them the way that James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, talks about them. So habits is like we're going to be doing, we could even call it habit stacking, which is a which is a uh, technique that James Clear talks about because we're stacking all these different habit topic things one on top of the other, which is really not what he's talking about, but nonetheless. Um, yeah. Which is, so I'm back to habits for that too, because I think it just builds on all the planning stuff that we've talked about. And then now it's the execution and, and focusing the next several weeks on how do you start building those different types of habits to be able to execute on things uh, yeah. in business and life in general. There's just a lot of really, really good stuff. Uh, Absolutely. So Jeff, you said after I told you um, how I talked about ha how I thought about habits and creating habits and why I would choose the habits I did. One thing I didn't that you were going to talk about yours. But one thing I want to mention is KPIs. You kind of alluded to that in what you were just talking about, about what what measures get what gets measured gets done. Easy for me to say. But. I want to also layer on top of that the concept of KPIs, which are key performance indicators. What is it you need to be measuring and where is it you need to be focusing what you're measuring on so that you are focused on the things that are going to move your business forward? As Because, I mean, I could have coffee with a whole lot of people. Here's the problem. Oh my gosh. And then there's a whole nother story about that. I could have coffee with a whole lot of people, but are they the people I need to be talking to, to get the business results I'm looking for? Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of those things that I, um, I've heard the term called vanity KPIs. Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, vanity KPIs and I fell into this trap, uh, just be, super honest, when I started my, my business, um, you know, I felt really good because I was going to a lot of events. My calendar was filled. I was super well caffeinated on coffee. <laughs> I really don't need that much, you know, and I felt really good. I mean, it was kind of a vanity metric. I was getting out, meeting people, um, spending a lot of time five days a week out at different events, meeting people, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, everything. Now, at the time where I was at at that time, just starting, it makes sense. It made sense, you know, and even looking back on it, it made sense. Um, however, you know, after that first six, eight months uh, in business, I started making changes going from 2019 to 2020, where I would do these, but I would only do networking type one-on-ones on Fridays. I would not do it 
Monday through Thursday. Fridays, they were 30-minute time slots. I wasn't going all over town. It was either you can join me via Zoom or I would be in this one particular location in Columbus that if you wanted to meet face-to-face, you could come to me come to me there because I was running all over the place. Yeah. You know, another vanity metric uh, that I think sometimes people think about is uh, social media. Oh, totally. Yes. So, you know, how many, how many likes, how many views, how many reposts, how many this, that, you know, whatever that you want to track, you know, which are vanity metrics. They make you feel good that, oh man, 8,000 people saw this video that Rhonda and I put out or whatever, or this piece had of one of those yet. We'll, we'll no. be really famous when that happens. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll go viral for something. Um, but you know, those, those things tend to be kind of vanity metrics if they're not leading to and getting you closer to your goals. So like you said, meeting coffee and having coffee with a bunch of people is great. You feel good. You meet a bunch of people. But then at the end of the day, if it's not moving you closer to your ideal client and it is not moving your business forward, it's really a distraction to what you need to do. And I, I went through this every year. This is kind of part of my planning. Um, I'll go through and look at where I've spent my time and I'll cut things out. I'll add things in, um, you know, right. the, where the, are the right places to be. Yes. And where should I be spending my time? You know, on, on the networking one-on-one coffees, I tend to only do those on Fridays. Not only do I do them on Fridays, but I restrict how many I will do each Friday. So when someone wants to have just a discussion to learn about me or we met somewhere and they want to have a follow-up, I tend to only do those on Fridays. And sometimes they're scheduled out three, four, five weeks in advance, um, you know, because I'm not killing myself to squeeze all these in because it, it's not a direct relationship necessarily. Now, if someone says, hey, I really think my business can use your services, then more of my schedule is opened up. Well, that's but, a different animal than a networking coffee. Yeah. Then that's really a that's really a discovery call for a absolutely. potential client as opposed to a networking coffee. Networking yeah. coffee doesn't mean that that person, I'm sorry, I'm getting on a soapbox. Um, not me. Um, and a networking coffee means this person is most likely not going to be your client, but they may know somebody who's your potential client, or they may know a whole group of people who could be your potential clients. And so then they become almost a referral resource for you. But it's, it's really important to understand when you're having those conversations, is this a discovery conversation with someone that's a potential client? Is this getting to know someone who may know someone? Is this just getting to know someone? Because they seem like a really, I mean, when we started out, Jeff, I wasn't going to refer people to you and I certainly was not your client. And yeah, I coached you a little bit, kind of, you know, friend to friend, but it wasn't like you were going to be an executive coaching client for me. We just enjoyed having a conversation. Yep. And so, you know, one excuse is as good as another from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I want to just um, uh, chime in here that um, Yasmin started making strategic changes and updating her calendar to reduce how much she's out. That's one of the things, one of the things I'm hearing out of this, Jeff, is as we grow our business, the amount of, not the amount of, as we grow our business, 
our metrics change because yeah. the startup has metrics that look different than the metrics of a business that's been in business for a while, that's scaling, that is not in those initial months of business. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And even, you know, when you go from month one to month six, they might look different. Absolutely. And similar to my my journey. Um, for Yasmin, one of the things that really helped me manage kind of that schedule, and there's a bunch of tools out there that can do this, but I use Calendly. Um, and I'll send, I have probably 15 meeting types in Calendly behind the scenes. And if someone reaches out for a networking, I've got a 30 minute, it'll only show them availabilities on Fridays between certain hours. And I only allow X number of those to be booked. If it's a right. potential client, there's a different calendar link that gives a lot more availability. You know, so that was one way for, for me to use even a piece of technology to help instead of me trying to keep track of, oh my gosh, what time frames do I give for this versus that? I just have meetings set up and when someone requests that, you know, I pop that in with that particular meeting request type and it's already set up. I don't have to remember that, oh, I only do these typically on Friday. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't make trade-offs at times where, hey, you know, my Friday, maybe I'm deciding I'm not going to work on Friday and I'd rather do a couple of these on Thursday because I've got some availability. You mm -hmm. know, it's not a hard and fast for me, but it it really tries to, you know, limit uh, where and, and how I'm spending spending time overall. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yasmin uses Calendly too. And so do I. So clearly we are in the Calendly crowd. There are some other options out there that I'm totally drawing a blank on right now, but there are other um, technology solutions very similar to what we're using Calendly for that do the same type of thing. It's just the three of us happen to be Calendly fans. Yeah. Um, I want to plug in here something that comes from Teresa's real life process. Teresa that came on the show with me when you were on vacation in the tropics. Yes, the islands. Where, yeah, where it was really nice and warm. Anyway, um, in the real life process, when we do our 90 day planning process, we evaluate who are the people I need to be spending my time with this quarter. And what's really interesting is when we think about that, that doesn't mean that you're not ever going to connect with those other people, but with the projects you have going on right now, who are the people you need to be in connection with very intentionally? I'm going to use Yasmin as an example because she built my website a couple of years ago. Um, during that process, I was in contact with Yasmin on a very regular basis because we were working really intentionally around getting my website Actually, my new website, I had one before that, but we were we were glitterizing the website. Um, and so we knew that during that time frame, Yasmin and I would be really intentionally working together. That's one of those things about a habit to think about who is it I need to be intentionally spending my time with in this segment of the year. So that's the plan for the year but also recognize you need to break it down into smaller segments because, I mean, I love Yasmin. She's a lot of fun. 
Um, she really is a fan of tacos and margaritas. And, you know, anybody that likes tacos and margaritas is a fan of mine or is a friend of mine. So she might have been a fan of mine, too. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> that it doesn't mean you can never be with those people at other times. It just means who are you going to intentionally focus on time with? What's the habit you need to create right now for this segment? Yeah. You know, the other thing I, I wrote down when I heard you talking about being intentional, I, I had heard the term a couple years ago, COI, Center of Influence. So mm. thinking about who would be a, a COI for you in your business, um, you know, so, you know, are there other service providers um, or people that are operating in the same um target market as you, but you don't compete and you do two different things, but you both solve problems for the same type of customer that you're going after. Um, And that was a, that was a habit that I had to create. You know, when I skinnied down a lot of the things that I was, was going to was, okay, I'm going to be really intentional about what things, you know, events and things that I attend, because time is money, time's precious. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, you know, who are those centers of, of influence that are working in similar types of companies that my company tends to work with, but we're not competing um, and we've got very complementary things and the things that they do don't fit to the things that I do or, or whatnot. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think, really key. Uh, Rhonda just saw uh, Yasmin. She judges people whether they are a coffee meeting kind of person versus taco and margarita kind of meeting. Both are great, but one's a bit more fun and exciting. And yeah, it's not I, the coffee meeting person. <laughs> I was gonna say I tend to do a lot of coffee, but um, I would be up for tacos and margarita. Maybe, maybe we need to have one of those uh, scheduled here here soon because I love a good taco and and margarita. And those meetings tend to be more fun. <laughs> oh, I, I just oh my goodness. Yes, agreed. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Yasmin, you are so funny. That's just awesome. And and very real. That's for sure. Telling the truth. Um, <clears throat> so, Jeff, as we wrap up the planning process, And talk about the habits that we need to create in order to work the plan. Is there maybe one thought we can leave people with regarding how to find the right habits to work the plan for the the space your business is in that you're anticipating for the coming year? And I layer enough stuff in there. <laughs> you, you did. Um, wow. One. So if I were to boil this down into one item um, or one thought, depend, regardless of where the business is at, I would say the, the one thing that I would encourage people to do to get started with this 
is kind of do a, a short brainstorm on what you think those habits are and actually schedule time for yourself every week to work on those and to, to do a chat, an honest check-in on, am I doing these things that I committed to doing or not? And if it's, or not, you know, is that because the things that you put on the list were the rope and you're trying to push the rope up the, the hill and that just isn't, that isn't you. You mm -hmm. read about it in a book, some expert told you you should do it. So you feel like you need to do it, but you're not doing it. You know, maybe you need to pull a Jeff and go get a wheelbarrow and put the rope in it, <laughs> make it work for you to get it up the hill. Or get a Jeff who can help you put the wheel the rope in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Or you could have to, you know, but I think one of the key things with this, when you're talking about doing, you know, the planning and executing, you've got to be intentional about setting aside a time every day to work the plan, because there's always going to be a fire drill. There's always going to be a customer issue. There's always going to be a new customer on board. You know, the list of excuses can go on and on and on for just how much, stuff could get in the way of making sure that you stay on on target with your plan. So, you know, for for me, I usually spend some time either Friday afternoons or first thing Monday morning kind of working on, you know, and it's not long, you know, because I got short attention span, like 10, 15 minutes max for me. You know, I can't I can't sit and think for two hours and, you know, am I working the plan or not? You know, for me, it's a couple key things. And, you know, it's a, a 10 minute kind of planning my week on where I'm spending time or what do I need to do, you know, this week to move closer to those those results. And that's where the investment of time in planning for the year, planning for the quarter, planning for the month, what, however you break it down is so valuable because if you already know what you need to be measuring, you don't need more than 10 minutes. Okay. What are my KPIs? How am I going to accomplish them this week? That, yeah, that's in and out. Simple <laughs> and quick. Yeah. Um, in the real life process, we call that the weekly review. And I take a little longer than you do, but part of that is because my um, planning brain goes here and then it goes there and then it goes the other place. And so, I mean, that's my own fault. And the other part of that is I don't have kids. And so I have more time in my life than what somebody who's a parent has. That's just the reality. It's a stage of life issue yeah. or situation, whatever word it is. But absolutely, you've got to have those KPIs or whatever word we're going to use for them, metrics that you're measuring against so that you know, am I moving in the direction that I wanted to go overall for this year? Yeah. And I think that's key because if you're not, if you don't have that direction set, you don't have some level of discipline, whatever that looks like for you to, to check in, you know, you're going to find yourself month, 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 quarter, <laughs> half year where you're kind of all over the board and you might not be getting the results that you had planned for the year. And it's not time to get discouraged. It's really time to hold up that mirror to say, am I doing the right things? Have I created the right habits to lead to the right, you know, the right input type things that are going to drive these results that I'm looking for? Exactly. Exactly. And once you know that and you can be in that space, it will free you up 
and the um, the flywheel will start turning. I love that. I love that you say that every once in a while, Jeff. But the flywheel starts turning, and once that starts turning, it starts turning slowly at first, but it starts moving faster, and the momentum of it makes it so much easier to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> turn, baby, turn. Get that thing moving. Absolutely. You got it. Well, Jeff, on that note, thanks, Yasmin, for being with us. We will be back next week talking more about habits, but not necessarily from a planning perspective, habits from the standpoint of um, how you function in your business and how the way you function in your business can affect how you accomplish your goals and reach your aspirations for your organization or in your life. It's not just your work that this works for. It works in your life in general. So it's been great being with you, Jeff. Yes. We'll you next week. Likewise, we will see you uh, next week and glad everyone could join us uh, this, this Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in.